0: Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen. Uh, can you turn me up a little bit more? I'm about to blow my voice just trying to hear myself. Thank you. Um, Genesis 1 and 1, familiar passage if you're not sure where that's at. Thank you. Uh, first page of the Bible. Make it easy for you today. Amen. The beginning. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. The Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. God said, let there be light and there was light. Notice what the situation was like before God moved. Without form, void, emptiness, darkness, but then the Spirit of God moved and everything changed from there. Aren't you thankful for the Spirit of God moving in your life? Hallelujah. I want to preach to you today from that moving of the Spirit. Moving of the Spirit. Amen. You may be seated today. Amen. Every year there are new editions, new uh, things that are made, manufactured, uh, new toys, gadgets, gizmos, whatever, everything. uh, And. Uh, you know, whether you're drawn to those things or not, maybe sometimes your situ- your your thing just happened to break, and uh, you happen to get a new phone on the release of a brand new phone year, whatever the situation is. I, I know uh, one thing we all have uh, is cars, a vehicle, hopefully most of us have vehicles, and um I have a beautiful 2004 minivan. <laughs> and uh it's my intention to get every dollar out of that thing that I can safely. And uh the thing about uh you know you get you get a vehicle even if it's a new vehicle I bought it w- uh what in 16 I think so it was like 12 years old I bought it I was 12 years old and and getting getting a, a used vehicle it's you know you get a new car that's great you know love it I still love it you uh, even six seven years later um, uh, it, but it's it's nice driving it down the road uh, but then you see pull up next to you uh, a newer model of it a newer model of your car you know and you know you can't keep your eyes off it you like your car, and now, man, if it, if my car's as good, imagine what the next the next model is. You know, and it's uh, uh, me, you know, I, there's already been like three or four other models since my car. And so I'm really out there having to deal with, you know, coveting and, and, and envying and others. Like, man, that's a nice minivan, you know. <laughs> God, God, help me, Lord, uh, not to covet and, and want those things. But I'm grateful for uh, what God has blessed us with. And uh, uh, you really begin to think and, and think about the newer cars when your car breaks down. Uh, just on Friday night, uh, me and my wife were, were traveling home on the interstate. And so, so it so happens that a car just stopped working on the middle of the interstate. Uh, so I'm thinking it's, it's probably the timing belt just happened to go out, uh, you know, 25 miles from home. Uh, so whether, uh, you know, the night before of our biggest days of the year, whether the devil came in and cut my belt or what, I don't know, but uh, it, it happened Friday night, but, you know, that happens, and uh, you really begin to think, man, we really need to start thinking about another car, you know, uh, and so as always, uh, the, the, the older version and the newer version of it, obviously the newer one is, is redesigned and, and has newer bells and whistles and all of these things and massaging seats and all these things you know i can't wait till you know 2030 and i can get a used 2020 <laughs> that has massaging seats <laughs> you know i'm afraid to buy a brand new car uh because it just drops in value but uh you know um, looking i'm uh, i like to get a good used one but um, they have uh, all the new cars, brand new cars, man, they have all kinds of nice things. And uh, that's, that's the design and the intention of it, is the, the new thing is gonna be much better than the older thing, you know? Uh, it's, it's performed better, it's, it has more time to work it out and, and planned out better. Uh, And so um, I'm thankful that uh, the the person that I am now, because of God in my life, I'm so much better than my old person, right? Aren't you thankful for the the Holy Ghost coming into your life and all of a sudden transforming and making yourself a, a new person? Amen. Those who are in Christ are a new creature. Old things are passed away, that old model was gone and buried to the graveyard, but we got something new in Jesus Christ, amen, and we are uh, moving forward in what the God has for us, amen, because without, without God, we were, as in Genesis 1, we were, the earth was without form and void. If we're truly honest with ourselves, before God, we were without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. The darkness was all over. We didn't even know that we were in darkness. We were surrounded. We thought we can see whatever whatever we saw. We thought it was it. But uh, it doesn't matter how good looking you are. Without God, you're still empty and you're void. And you're full of darkness. But once the spirit of God begins to move in your life, amen, you begin to have uh, the light of God comes in your life. And he begins to remake you and remold you into the man or woman that God has called you to be. I'm thankful for that renewing and that transforming and all that God has done in my life. And I know he's brought me so far from where I used to be and the truth is I still have a ways to go I don't want to be satisfied with who I am right now. Why? Because I know there's a better model up ahead. In a few years, there's a new release coming out of me. And if I continue to follow after him, follow after the Spirit, I'm going to see God do something new in me that I don't have right now. A new anointing that I don't have right now. A new gifting that I don't have right now. Why? Because God is always in the business of doing something new in you. Don't get stuck up on who you are right now, God's got something greater for you than what you have right now. And if you you haven't been baptized in Jesus' name, boy, do I tell you God's got a lot for you. If you have not received the gift of the Holy Ghost, evidence by speaking in a heavenly language, boy, you've got a lot waiting for you. Don't put off another day. Don't put off another year. You need to get the new model of you right here at the altar today, because Jesus wants to do a work in you like you've never seen before. What you feel on the outside, wait till you get that on the inside and you can take that to go. Every single day of the week, you can wake up, feel the power and the presence of God like you've never had before. But that is only done with the Holy Ghost. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, it stays here when you leave. Whatever you feel here, you can't take it with you, you gotta get it on the inside. And the way that you do that, you've got to be repent of your sins. You've got to tell God, God, forgive me of everything that I've done. You can't name every bad sin you've done. You just say, God, forgive me. Every thought that I've had, every, everything that I've done, everything that I've ever said, I can't name it, all the things I don't even know. Forgive me, God, and, and God says, I will forgive you. What that means is you become a new person right there. All your sins, your past mistakes are, are washed away. You become clean, a clean slate. That's a miracle right there that God would even do that. Amen. And after that, if you haven't been born again, baptized in Jesus' name, you need to get baptized with him. And get the Holy Ghost. He'll fill you with the Holy Ghost. It's a gift. He wants to give to every single person. Amen. And if you haven't spoken in tongues since you believed, uh, that's a new, new model of you that you need to get. Comes with a lot of bells and whistles that you don't have right now. I'll tell you that. So you go ahead and step out in faith today. Say, God, I don't even know what I need from you, but I know you have something for me. If you step out in faith today, come down and raise your hands and give your heart to God. God's going to touch you today, and you'll walk out of here in a different way. Say, man, I'm so glad I did that. I'm so glad I came to church today because I got something. I got connected to something I didn't have when I came in. That's what it's all about. And for those that have been in church for 25, 50 years, the same thing applies to you. Don't hold on to that old experience. Don't hold on to that old anointing. Hey, God, give me something fresh today. Give me a new anointing. Give me a new desire, a new burden, a new ministry to birth inside of me. Every single person, God, has something new in you that you got to come and claim and get a hold of. But nothing happens until the Spirit of God starts moving in your life and you begin to open up and receive that. Amen. We see we see the power of God's Spirit moving in the first few chapters of the Bible. What an introduction. You if your first time here in an apostolic Pentecostal service, you're gonna think we're crazy. Uh, but that's okay. You know why we're crazy? Because the Spirit of God's moving in this place. The same spirit that just spoke and the sun appeared, that same power's in here. You don't think, you know, that's why we're crazy because uh, somebody who can speak the sun into existence is still here today. That's power. And why would I give all my strength and my energy And my praise and worship and my voice and all that to some kind of uh, game out there, some things of the world. Why would I do that when they'll never do anything? All they want is my money and my attention. Well, if I give all that to God, he'll give you something even better that'll last the rest of your life. Not just a one-time experience, but an everyday experience with God that you'll never want to return. You'll just keep on wanting more of it. Amen. So we have to have... The Spirit of God move, and then all that form and void and darkness begins to change and transform into something new and good. And God will say that is good. And we see uh, we see the Spirit of God moving the first few verses of the Bible, but again, uh, we see other examples of the Spirit uh, moving throughout human history and mankind in the Old Testament. We see in Numbers chapter 11, Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord and gathered the 70 men of the elders of Israel and set them round about the tabernacle. And the Lord came down in a cloud, spake unto him, and took the spirit that was upon him, upon Moses, gave it unto the 70 uh, elders, and it came to pass that when the Spirit rested on them, they prophesied and did not cease. But there remained two of the men in the camp. The name of the one was Eldad. The name of the other was Medad. And the Spirit rested upon them, and they were of them that were written, but went not out unto the tabernacle, and they prophesied in the camp. And so here i got these 70 men that were chosen. God says, the spirit that's on you, Moses, I'm going to come and put that spirit on these people, and they started, as soon as it came down, immediately the, the Holy Ghost came down upon them, the Spirit rested upon them, and what happened? They they start they lost it. They started prophesying, doing something that they've never done before. That's how you know you have a real t- encounter with God. You start doing something you've never done before, saying things you've never said before. These guys just started prophesying. They don't even know what they were saying, but the, the Spirit that rested upon them started speaking through them, and they were saying things to glorify God. Sixty-eight of them left and went went on their own way, and, and we're told here that two of them were left behind. They just got lost in the Holy Ghost. They got lost. They just kept on prophesying, and uh, that's what happens when uh, the Spirit came and rested upon these men. They were changed. Skipping four, we see in Judges 3 and 10, it says, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, and he judged Israel. His name is Othniel. Just a few verses of this man. We don't know much. But all we need to know, is the Spirit of the Lord came and rested upon him, and then all of a sudden he gets up and he starts doing something he's never done before. He started, he had this anointing came upon him, and he rose up, and he became a judge of Israel and began to rule over the people of God simply when the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. Next one in Scripture is Gideon, Judges six and three, uh, six thirty four. We know we know the backstory of Gideon. How he said, "Oh, I'm not worthy. I'm the least in my father's house. Who am I to to be used by you?" But what happens? Judges six thirty four. But the spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon, and he blew a trumpet, and Abiezer was gathered after him. And so we see a change, a transformation take place. Once the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon, and all of a sudden he wasn't the man that he used to be. He was not intimidated anymore. He was not bashful or afraid. No, the boldness came upon him, and he says, hey, i got to do something for God. I'm going to step out in places I've never been before. God's going to use me to like none other before. I'm going to say things and do things I've never done before simply after the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. Probably one of the most familiar, famous passages, Judges 14, talking about Samson. The Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. And we know what Samson did. Every time Samson did a great work, it is preceded by the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. Then all of a sudden, he became the Hulk in a good way, godly Hulk, and began to do uh, judge Israel and do uh, deliver them from the Philistines and all these things. But uh, that didn't happen until the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. Another, the most famous guy in the Old Testament, First Samuel. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward And Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. And so here we see the anointing come upon King David as a young shepherd boy. And it says, the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. That means, to me, that means it never left him. That the Spirit of the Lord always was resting upon David for the rest of his life. God's not going to leave you or forsake you. He's always going to be there with you. His Spirit will always be with you and inside of you. That's why we are never alone. In this. That's why we don't have to fear or be afraid because God is always there with us. But again, the Spirit of the Lord came upon David. And lastly we see 2 Kings 2 and 9. It came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said unto Elisha, ask what I shall do for thee uh, before I be taken away from thee and I pray thee let a double portion of thy Spirit be upon me. And we know what happened when uh, Elijah was carried away. Uh, he, Elisha, picked up the mantle of Elijah and slapped the river and said, "Where is the God of Elisha?" And all of a sudden, we see the miracle: the the waters part. And we know that the the Spirit of God rested upon Elisha, and he began, and his ministry was twice as powerful as Elijah's. He had a double portion of the Spirit come upon him, and we saw him do great signs, miracles, signs and wonders, all because. The Spirit of God came upon them. So we've we've named some big names here. Some big, mighty people of God, uh, and we know that before the Spirit came, there probably was not much to talk about. But all of a sudden, once the Holy Ghost, once God's spirit comes rest upon him, it doesn't matter what the enemies say, they can't do anything to you. It doesn't matter what your family or friends mock or say against you. Hey, when the spirit of God comes upon you, that's all that matters. You go forward in faith, uh, walking and believing that God's going to use you in a mighty way. While they keep on saying, the naysayers keep speaking down against you. That's okay. I'm going to let God continue to use me and translate for me because nobody's done anything for me like the Spirit of God in my life. And why would I turn away from God when he's done everything for me that's good? People fail me all the time. People fail you, friends, and break promises and betray you and all these things. God's never done that for you. He's always faithful and true. He's always going to be there. So why would we listen to the people of the world when I'm going to listen to the Holy Ghost? I want the Spirit to come and fall upon me and never leave me like David the rest of my life. And he will do that for you if you will receive him. Man, Elisha, David, Samson, Gideon, Othniel, Moses, that that pretty much sums up the Old Testament. Not much left there where the Spirit of the Lord came upon them. But let me ask you a question. In the New Testament, how many verses does it say the Spirit of the Lord came upon them? according to my search and you can this is your homework according to my search in the new testament 0 verses it says the spirit of the lord came upon them cuz God was doing something new new testament something new than the old testament right how many want the new thing right i want i don't want the old thing i want the new thing and God has something new for each and every one of you uh, so hold on to that thought for a second. Nowhere in the New Testament does it say the Spirit of the Lord came upon them or him or her. But in a similar s- instance, uh, we see many of the people that we did not mention uh, where the Spirit of the Lord came upon them. Uh, David, Elijah, Samson, Gideon, Othniel, Moses. Uh We're still leaving a lot of people out of the Old Testament, big names, right? But no, the Bible doesn't say the Spirit of the Lord came upon them. I don't know why it just doesn't say that. But it does say uh, the word of the Lord came unto them. The word of the Lord came unto Abraham. The word of the Lord came unto Elijah. The word of the Lord came unto Isaiah and Jeremiah The word of the Lord came unto Ezekiel and Hosea. The word of the Lord came unto Joel and it came unto Micah. That's what it describes the encounter that they had with God. Some it says the Spirit came upon them and rested upon them. And some it says the word of the Lord came unto them. And then they began to speak or prophesy or they began to do the works that God had wanted them to do. And so uh, uh, some some, hand, uh, some people, the, the spirit came upon them and they began to prophesy and do God the good works. And others, just the word of the Lord came unto them and they began to do uh, great things and great works. So here's my uh, other question. How many times in the New Testament does it say, the word of the Lord came unto them and they prophesied? As far as I can tell, again, you can check me this week. As far as I can tell, I didn't find any any verses, zero verses, that said, the word of the Lord came unto him and he spoke. There is a clear cut line, it seems. Between the Old Testament and the New Testament, something's happened, something's changed. The moving of God's spirit did not stop moving from one testament to the other, from one covenant to the other. uh, But something happened. Why is it that nowhere in the New Testament can I find uh, the spirit of the Lord came upon him and he prophesied? Why can't I find it where the Lord the word of the Lord came unto them and they spoke and prophesied? God must be doing something new. And I like new things. I hope you like new things. amen, and so we're going to look into that, but we see, but we see this moving of God's spirit all clearly all throughout the Old Testament, all throughout the Bible, uh, the Spirit of God moving, the Word of God coming unto them, the same spirit. Uh, and so we see this, this uh, manifestation, unique experiences, apart from what we've already mentioned. We see unique experiences with the Spirit of God. In uh, the Old Testament, we see a Mount Sinai where, where God came down. In Exodus 19, it says, Mount Sinai was altogether on a smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire and the smoke thereof ascended as of a smoke of a furnace, and the whole mount quaked greatly. What a sight to behold. And when the voice of the trumpet sounded long and waxed louder and louder, Moses spake, and God answered him by a voice, and the Lord came down upon Mount Sinai and uh, on top of the the mount, and the Lord called Moses up to the top of the mount, and Moses went up. And so here we see uh, an actual uh, physical manifestation of the Spirit of the Lord coming down. Now obviously we're not given these descriptions when the Spirit came came upon Moses and it came upon the 70 and Gideon and all these and David. Uh, we're not told like a cloud came down and just hovered over them and followed them their life. Uh, but here in this unique experience we see uh, cloud and smoke uh, as the Lord, as the Spirit descended upon Mount Sinai. Uh, and so uh, same God, same Spirit, but we see just something u- unique and different and, and what a place to be. But we also see this happening uh, in the wilderness uh, as the children of Israel were passing through the wilderness on their way to the promised land where God is calling them and leading them. Um, and uh, as you know the story, they came out of, the, out of Egypt, and a pillar of fire led them by night, and a pillar of cloud led them by the day, so they know where they were going. Uh, otherwise, you'd get lost in the wilderness. I mean, people get lost uh, nowadays with GPS, and iPhones, and navigation. They can't figure out where to go. Imagine the people of Israel, if, they didn't, if God didn't show up and lead them. And so the, 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 we see this happening, but also what was part of God's commandment for them is when they were camped, uh, how do we know when we're going to leave, and how do we know when we're going to stay? But the Lord told them that uh, the, the tabernacle, the, the tent of the congregation was in the middle of the, tent, uh, of the camp, and they were surrounded by uh, the tribes of Israel, so right in the middle was God, the center of of Israel was God, and if God is not in the center of your life, then you're getting, you're missing out. You're off track. Uh, we don't need God on the side of me, on the front of me, the back of me. God needs to be the center of my life. He needs to be right in the middle. That's how you know you're in your right coordinates when you're God is right in the middle of your life, not in some other room or back shelf. He's got to be right in the center of your life. That's when you're right in the in the right position. Uh, but we we are told by the Bible that. Uh, when they were camped and they set up the tabernacle and uh, there, w- there would be a cloud uh, hovering over the tabernacle. God's, the physical manifestation again of, of God's presence. What they saw at Sinai was following them and uh, there was a cloud there over their tent of the, ta- uh, the congregation. And uh, so we see in Exodus 40 and 35, Moses Uh, was not able to enter into the tent of the congregation because the cloud abode thereon, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And when the cloud was taken up from the tabernacle, the children of Israel went onward in all their journeys. But if the cloud were not taken up, then they journeyed not till the day that it was taken up. And so, uh, so who took up the cloud? Who pushed the cloud back into heaven and said it's time to go? Well, God did that. Uh, as a uh, representation of, say, hey, it's time to pack up, it's time to go, and so uh, it doesn't matter where you are. If your eyes are on the uh, on the on the house of God, if your eyes are on His His word and His presence, you're going to see the you're going to see the cloud go up and you're going to see it go down. If you're not paying attention, you're going to miss it. If you're not paying attention to the Word of God, you're going to miss out on what God has for you, and you're going to keep on walking in some direction, and you're going to turn around and realize, where'd everybody go? Where'd the church go? Where am I at? I'll tell you why. Your eyes were not on the congregation. Your eyes were not on the Spirit of God, and so because He tells them when to go and when to stay, all dependent upon uh, the cloud that covered over the tent of the congregation. And so uh, another every single day. Imagine that every day, man. You walk out, and, and you just see this this huge pillar of a cloud going all the way up to heaven, and you're in the middle of the wilderness. And you know that that ain't that doesn't happen, and that people still struggled with their faith. That's not even a, to, to even to bring in all the uh, plagues and the splitting of the Red Sea and the manna every single day. They had miracle after miracle. Uh, and yet they still backslid. And so we, 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 we love miracles, signs, and wonders, but they're not everything. People, you can still get lost uh, receiving a miracle if your eyes and your heart is not focused on God. And so what's greater than all of those things? Hey, God, I, w- I want you to d- right and center in my heart. I want you to center of my life. And I need to receive your spirit inside of me. Get the Holy Ghost inside of me because I don't want to go too far to the left or to the right. I need you dead center in my heart. That way I can be on track with you. And so here, uh, probably one of the most uh, famous examples, again, of this similar thing happening, this manifestation happening, is the time when Solomon was dedicating the temple, this magnificent temple finally on the Temple Mount in Jerusalem, the the place where God said he was going to place his name. uh was finally built in 1 Kings 8 and 10. And it came to pass when the... The priests were come out of the holy place that the cloud filled the house of the Lord so that the priest could not stand to minister because of the cloud for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of the Lord. Talk about a. Uh, a, a powerful manifestation of the presence of God. It came down so heavy that the, the priest had to get out. We can't breathe in here. We can't even be in this place. God is so thick and his presence is so palatable and strong. Amen. We we long for those services where you just can't do anything but to bask in the presence of God. Aren't you thankful when God pours out his spirit like that and you're just you're just taken back. I can't do anything but the worship and the cry and the, and the pour myself out because the presence of God is so powerful. Man, another what a what a time and a place to be. And we, we read about those accounts and you know, it's, it's good for us to, to desire moves of God like that because we know when God shows up like that, something is happening. Out of the normal, something is going to change. Uh, when the Spirit of the Lord shows up, hey, every service is powerful. Every movement is powerful. But, but with those special ones, when God just really shows up, wow, what a time and what a, what a place to be and I don't want to miss out on that. And, and we long for those things. But that seems to have ended with the Old Old Testament. We don't really see those things described in the New Testament. What happened? Did God change? No, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The spirit of God changed? No, the same spirit. There's only one spirit. God is a spirit. And so why is it that all of these uh, amazing encounters and descriptions of the Spirit of God moving in the Old Testament, why is it we don't really see them carried over into the New? Why don't we ever read about the Spirit of the Lord came upon uh, Paul and he spoke and prophesied? Why don't we ever read about the Word of the Lord came unto Peter and and he spoke and prophesied? So something happened, something changed between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And we're going to try to figure out what that is. Maybe you have an idea where I'm headed, but we're going to go there. Uh, Acts 1 and 4, be it assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem. If you are here in the Sunday school, we, we kind of covered, uh, touched on this a little bit in the Bible study. But wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost uh, not many days hence. Again, that's, that's pretty close. Uh, hearing the, the Spirit of the Lord come upon uh, them. Uh, and so when they were there, uh, therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? He said unto them, it is not uh, for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put his own power, But ye shall receive power, after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, and on the uttermost part of the earth. When he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. While they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, two men uh, stood by them in white apparel, two angels, and also said, Ye men of Galilee. Why stand ye here gazing up into heaven at this same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven? So shall come in a like manner as you've seen him come into, go into heaven. And so they returned unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey. And when they were come in, they went into the upper room and there abode. Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon, Zelotes, Judas, the brother of James, and they all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women, Mary, mother of Jesus, and his brethren. And so uh, here, they are getting set up for the Spirit of the Lord to come upon them. They know it's coming, though. The Old Testament, they didn't know. It just. It just hit them like a light bolt of lightning. the 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 spirit of the Lord rested upon them, and boom, they started prophesying and and doing whatever. Uh, Here, they're told, "Hey, the spirit of the Lord is getting ready to come upon you. You need to go and wait for it." And so, they, being obedient, they go. Uh, they're they're waiting for God to move. They're waiting for the Spirit to come. They're waiting for the Word of the Lord to come unto them. And so it finally it comes in Acts chapter 2 and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and it sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. Okay so here we see uh, an example of the the, the Spirit of the Lord coming upon them uh, similar to the Old Testament but this thing is different. This time they were waiting for it and it came upon them but it did not stay on them. It went inside of them. We're not told that uh, the word of the, the Spirit of the Lord came upon uh, Samson and it went inside of him and he spoke in tongues. No, it just says it came upon him and it's. It appears that it came upon him and Samson did a mighty work and then all of a sudden, a few verses later, and then the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. It's like it came upon him and then left and then it came upon him and left and and it was, God was using him for a purpose. But uh, nowhere do we really see where it just came upon him and and got inside of him but here in the New Testament we see that the spirit didn't just come upon them it crawled inside something new God was doing something new in the New Testament. And so as much as we look forward to these uh, awesome encounters and manifestations of the Old Testament, of the glory of God coming down, those are great. We long for those. But, hey, there's something even better than that. Hey, if that's so powerful on the outside, what's even better than that? Hey, get all that on the inside of me. That's a new thing. I want a new thing. I want the Holy Ghost on the inside of me, not just resting upon me but come on inside of me if that's the new way of doing things I'm going to trade in my old model and I'm going to get a new model of the moving of the Holy Ghost and that the new model is hey I'm coming to live inside of you what good is having a nice looking outside car if the inside is a wreck the new model God comes in and gives you a nice leather seating on the inside So that both the outside and the inside are looking good. So many people got the Old Testament version of of, of themselves. It's uh, you may look nice, but hey, on the inside, you got beat up cloth seats when there's heated leather seats available for you. The new model is you got to get that on the inside. That's why we feel the power of God moving in here, and that's so, that's so great. We we can enjoy that, but hey, if you don't have that on the inside, hey, you're missing out on something new. You're missing out on an upgrade of your life, and you need to pour yourself out, come out to the altar and say, hey, whatever the preacher's talking about, I don't know, but hey, I'm here to receive it. I'm here to receive it, and God's going to fill you today with the Holy Ghost. If you want what I'm talking about, the Spirit of God. God is here today to get inside of you. And so after the Holy Ghost was poured out on Acts 2, they began to speak in other tongues, and uh, there ha- just so happened to be a day of Pentecost. There were people from all of all nations of the world. They were there, and they began to hear hear these people speaking, and verse 13 says people were mocking and making fun of them because they were... Uh, they were saying things, and the, the Holy Ghost was not just on them, but in them. And just really, if 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 God's inside of you, He can really have control of you, can't He? But if He's out, if you leave Him on the outside, He can't get your heart, He can't get your tongue, can't get your mind. He can just you can feel Him, but He can't do any work inside until you let Him on the inside. Uh, and so they were mocking them, saying they were drunk. Um, and then verse fourteen. Uh, but Peter, after the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, Peter stood up with the eleven. It doesn't say that, does it? It doesn't say after the word of the Lord came to Peter, then he then he stood up. You see, he didn't have to wait for God to come upon him. He didn't have to wait for the spirit to come to come upon him because it was already on the inside. So the waiting game seems to be over. Unless you're waiting for an Old Testament experience. then you might be waiting for a while because God's got a new model out. And now in verse 3, in and, and Acts chapter 3, now when Peter uh, went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer being the ninth hour, certain uh, man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom lay daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them who entered into the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked him, um, and uh, then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Peter, in verse 4, and then Peter fastened his eyes upon John and said, look on us. Doesn't, didn't say that, did it? You see, God's using people in the New Testament different than the Old Testament. They waited for... The, the, the spirit to rest upon them before they did something, but here in the New Testament we don't see this this waiting for uh, the word to come unto them. We don't we don't see this waiting for the for the moving uh, of the presence of God, the spirit to rest upon them. No, they it seems like they they had it and they just said it. They just did something there. because uh, you don't need to wait for something to come on the outside if you already have it on the inside. Is there is there the spirit that we feel here moving on the outside? Is that different than what's on the inside? Is what we have on the inside different than what we ha- what's on the outside? Yeah, why is it sometimes we're just uh, I'm just waiting on God to move? Hey, what you doing? Me? Nothing. Just hanging around. Waiting for God to to do something? Are you waiting for a different spirit than what you have on the inside? It seems to me like why would you wait for uh, a a special manifestation of God? I'm not here. I'm not trying to discount those things. But sometimes we can just say, I'm just waiting for God to, to push me. I'm just waiting for the Spirit of God to come upon me like he did Samson. Well, he's that's Old Testament stuff, man. You're waiting for you're waiting for the archives for, for God to do something. That's not how God's doing it today. He comes inside of you and and you're right, you got everything you need. You don't need to wait for a special move of the Holy Ghost. You've got them inside of you. What you need to understand is, hey, if this is the same spirit, I just gotta let them out i got to let the Holy Ghost out of me. And then that's the same spirit that's moving in this place is what's on the inside. And so so which is it, the chicken or the egg? What happens here? We feel the power and presence of God. Does, Does God, his presence show up first? Or are we the one releasing the presence? Are we the one... Breaking this earthen vessel and says, I got this treasure inside. If I just let it out, uh, something's going to happen. The The Spirit of God is going to move. Why? He's already on the inside. I don't need to wait for some uh, extra special presence to move. I have him on the inside. I've got everything that I need on the inside. No sense in wait. I'm just going to start praising and worshiping him. And that's what happened. We begin to lift up, we begin to release God in us, out of us, and we begin to fill this place with the presence of God. uh, I know that God shows up too on his own, a special manifestation. That's great. But don't discount yourself that I'm filled with the Holy Ghost, but I'm just waiting for God to move. There's something that's blocking it, I tell you, because that's not the New Testament doesn't teach you're filled with the Holy Ghost, and then you need to wait for God to move on you. If you do, then you haven't got the Holy Ghost or, or something. There's a disconnect there. And oftentimes, things get blocked and clogged up between us and God and moving in. And our flesh begins to wrap around this presence. Uh, and our pride begins to tighten things up and our harden our heart and, and say, oh, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to step out because uh, I'll look crazy. I'll wait for God to push me. Well, if you got the Holy Ghost inside, he ain't going to push you because he's already got you. You need to let go. You need to release. Forget about your pride. Forget about your ego. If you've got the Holy Ghost inside of you, hey, let's just let God flow out. Let's begin to pour out what God has done in our lives because other than that, what are we waiting for? A special uh, encounter from smoke from heaven to come and fill. What are we waiting for? Musicians, if you would come. You see, once you receive the Holy Ghost, at least what I'm thinking, is you don't really have to wait on God to move because you already have Him. He then is saying, When are you going to move? When are you going to let me out? When are you going to do something? When are you going to step out in faith and give me a sidewalk that I can step out and and do something good? Or or are we just going to gather around Mount Sinai? We're just waiting. We're singing until that cloud shows up. We're singing until some some mighty move comes and, and pushes me to the altar. Now, if you haven't received the Holy Ghost, evidence in speaking in other tongues, you do have to wait for that to come. Let me get that clear. Because you're you're you have nothing on the inside. You're empty and you're void. You you can't pull, let God out. You can't release God out of you if he's not inside of you. So they're all they're, in the New Testament, there is a time where we all have to wait for the Lord to come upon us, the Spirit of the Lord to come upon us, and he's going to come upon us. And he's going to come inside of you. Uh, but after you receive the Holy Ghost, it seems like to me that you don't have to wait for that to happen anymore. That's a one-time thing. You get filled, and you're filled the rest of your life. After that, now it becomes more of like, I need to pour out. I need to empty myself. I need to get myself out of the way so that I can let this out into my situation, my surroundings. I don't have to wait for a special manifestation of God to come into my situation. No. If I just release him, he's here. And so many times we can buy into the fact or believe that I just I gotta wait, I'm waiting for God. I'm waiting for them to sing my song. So the song is more powerful than the Holy Ghost inside of you. In my understanding, we wouldn't you don't even we don't even need to sing. If we just began to praise and worship the power of God will feel here. If we begin to open up ourselves, if we have the Holy Ghost and we begin to open up ourselves, it doesn't matter where we are here or outside or at the park, if we have the Holy Ghost inside of us and we open ourselves up and release God, we're going to feel the power of God manifest in that place and that situation. Why? Because he's inside of us. We don't have to wait. God is waiting on us. We don't have to see what God wants to do. We can just step out in faith and say, uh, God, you're going to do something. Why? Because I release you to do it. We can wait on the Spirit of God, but I, I'm going to tell you right now that the Spirit of God is going to move right here. If somebody comes down here, right here, and they open themselves up and they release themselves, the Spirit of God right here is going to fall. Right over here, if somebody does the same thing. The spirit of God's gonna fall right here. If so, right here, the spirit of God's gonna move, and somebody can be healed right here. If somebody with the Holy Ghost says, "Hey, I'm gonna pray for somebody else," the spirit of God is gonna fall right there, and right there, and right there. We don't have to wait for that because we have it already on the inside. All we gotta do is say, "Hey, I'm gonna let it out. I'm gonna let the Holy Ghost loose, and the spirit begin to move in a mighty way, uh, like we're looking for." But we don't gotta sing four songs and then the spirit shows up no something's that's hindering what's inside of you we got to get change our mindset hey any place i'm at i'll just let the holy ghost out any store i'm in i can let the holy ghost out any situation i'm in hey holy ghost come on out of me let change this atmosphere Be stand with me today what did jesus say John chapter 7, 38. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of his spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given. So it seems to me like Jesus, as we talked about in our Sunday school lesson, his plan that he revealed, he spoke his plan, his plan was... For the New Testament church, for the moving of God's spirit, was not us waiting for the cloud to come. Was not us offering up sacrifices of animals waiting for this cloud. It seems that Jesus just says, out of your belly is going to flow a river. Now, I don't know how strong you are. But I can have a hard time holding on to a water hose sometimes. But Jesus likened the Holy Ghost power as a river flowing out. You gotta be pretty stubborn to hold that in. You gotta be pretty wrapped up with pride if you're gonna hold on to it, keep a river down inside and say, hey, not till they sing my songs. Not till they move and get my beat going, do I'm going to do it. You're waiting on an out, outward experience. You've got something greater on the inside that you just need to begin to release and say, God, I'm going to get out of the way. I'm going to let you pour out of me. I'm going to release you into this atmosphere. And I tell you, if you start, we start doing that here and we don't got to wait for anything, you just start losing yourself and get a hold. Uh, all it takes is for one person to say, hey, I'm, I'm not waiting anymore. I'm coming down and I'm just going to loose myself. Uh, the, the power of God is going to start moving. Why? Because they let him out. We can come all down here and sing Kumbaya. Oh, Lord, we're just waiting for you. Waiting for you to move. So that's not what Jesus taught That's not what the New Testament talks about. It's a new thing that God did. He says, I want my spirit to come out of them. And so what we have to do as believers is say, hey, I'm gonna come and I'm gonna release God. I'm gonna let him out of my life. Come on, do you believe that? Is there something you need from God? Just begin to release God in this place and watch God start doing something. The the waiting game is over. Just come and receive, come down. If you haven't received the Holy Ghost, Come on and say, God, I need something in your life. I need you. I need this spirit inside of me. Come on, you can pray for somebody. You can lay your hands on somebody. You can let the Holy Ghost use you in a mighty way. Come on, let's begin to let God go in this place and let God do what he wants to do because we have him on the inside. Hallelujah. Let's step out in faith. If you haven't been baptized, you need to get baptized today in Jesus' name. If you haven't received this power, come on down and say, I need what the preacher's talking about. Forgive me, Jesus. Forgive me, Jesus. And he's going to fill you today with his spirit. Come on, believers. Let's begin to let this river outside of us. Let it begin to flow. Let God use you today. Begin to pray and gather together in one mind and one accord. Hallelujah, Jesus. God's got something for you. God's got something for you today. Hallelujah. Let's release our faith. Release the Holy Ghost here around you in your life.
1: from God today how many still need something from God today okay here's what I want you to do I need everyone to back up and if you still feel like you haven't gotten what you need from God today before we move forward I want you to come to the front some of you just raise your hand if you still feel like you need something I want you to come to the front anyone still need anything I want you to grab the hand if it's appropriate or ask the person next to you, can I pray for you? We've already had those waters stirred. I think we're about to have a few more baptized. And if you still need something from God today, it's on you because God has moved and God is moving. So I want you to look to the person next to you and say, is there something I can pray with you about? Look Look around. Is there something I can pray with you about? That sermon that Pastor Phil sent out, you didn't listen to that altar working seminar that he uh, sent out this week. Brother Smith said, if people don't get the Holy Ghost, it's because they don't want it, they don't know about it, or they haven't repented. And the same is true. Like, if there's something you're going through, God can take care of it. But you got to let it go and stop picking it back up. And so right now, whatever that your situation is, we're going to pray about it right now. We're going to sing rejoicing one more time as we rejoice in those that are getting baptized. Lord, in the name of Jesus, God, you know every situation in this place, God. I am asking you right now, Lord, whatever is needed in this building today, God, that you take complete control, God. Lord, let your healing virtue flow in this place today, God. Let your deliverance flow in this place today, God. Lord, I lay it down, God. I want it. I need deliverance in this place today, mighty God. I am tired of coming to the altar time and time again, God, to walk away empty-handed. That changes today, mighty God. That changes right now, God, according to your word. In the name of Jesus, fill me with the Holy Ghost, God. I want it, God. I want your spirit within me, God. Lord, break every addiction, God, in the name of Jesus, God. Lord, I repent in the name of Jesus, God, of everything that I have done, God, everything that I have said, everything that I have thought, God, in the name of Jesus, Lord. I need you, Lord, right now. I need you, Lord, right now, God. I need deliverance. I need healing. I need saving in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Begin to worship the Lord and thank the Lord for all that he is going to do in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
2: and praise when I'm down.